All right, everybody. Welcome back to the best hour of their day. Fern here. I am back with a repeat guest, Mr. Jason Rule from Driven Nutrition. And uh, first of all, thanks for coming back, brother. Yeah, I'm stoked. Let's do this. Yeah, we. Um, so if you haven't listened to our first episode with Jason, we just talked to general kind of supplement slash retail in the box. Uh, today, we're going to, he and I were having a conversation uh, about something that a lot of gyms at some point have either multiple times in their, in their lifespan, um, but deal with, but, um, having events slash competitions slash whatever, just think of it as high foot traffic in your gym. That is not the norm and trying to capitalize on that particular scenario with regard to retail sales and supplements. So, um, I just reached out to Jason because we're hosting at CrossFit Rife, one of the Granite Games throwdowns, uh, March 14th, and I don't want to pass up an opportunity to kind of get the ball rolling on something like this. So I reached out to him, and he's like, hey, dude, let's just record it, and let's jam. So, um, so that's what we're going to do, and hopefully you guys get some good takeaways here from this and, and some very uh, practical slash tactical um, kind of action items to hopefully do better sales there because uh, – I don't know. I mean, like the people are prime buyers at these events. Mm -hmm. like, they are. They are. They absolutely are. Yeah. And it, uh, I appreciated the the approach that you took towards it. Like, Hey, what are some ideas that we can do, do to build retail? Because a lot of, a lot of the emails, I mean, I, we five, seven, eight, ten, 10, in some cases a week requests like, Hey, we have X competition. It's an opportunity for you to get your brand in front of X number of people. So send us free stuff or send us money. And so from a company standpoint, that, that, that's something that we've never done. And I think that, I think that the market is, uh, has shifted a lot. So, you know, with that bringing value to the companies that are there representing themselves or they're either spending money or spending time, their valuable time, they're at your comp, which helps the competition itself. You know, it creates a better atmosphere. Um, <coughs> figuring out how do we, how do we bring that value? So we've been creative in terms of how we kind of teach gyms like, okay, we can't afford to, to give, you know, five, 10 competitions, free stuff every week or money for those. So some of the things that we've done is we've taught ahead of time, like, Hey, let's, let's get posting. Let's start, start talking about the branding, whatever it is that whatever brand it is that you're going to be selling or offering at your gym, at least get some exposure ahead of time, priming the pump a little bit yep. that, Hey, we're driven nutrition or X brand is going to be there. We're going to have it, but actually run the table yourself. Yeah. And we've been to some of these competitions and, you know, we've generated two, $3,000 worth of retail sales. That sounds like a lot, but you know, if we, if, if I send, and it is for, for your gym, if you're doing it. Yeah, it is I, it's a lot, but it is depending on what you're selling. It's not with regard to quantity of sales, man. It, like it's a good, it's a high dollar threshold for most affiliates. But mm -hmm. if you're talking about a lot of the items, if you're talking about two pound protein, if you're talking about CBD, two grand, you know, is probably 35 transactions. It's, I mean, it's not a mm -hmm. ton of transactions, you know? No, no. Transactions wise, it's not, but it does help. It does help pad the bills to where you can, you know, have some extra money in the bill and the bank Which, to pay, pay competitors, that type of thing. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't mean to uh, downplay that. Like that's a good thing. Meaning that like mm -hmm. you can get high sales off of relatively low 
turnover is with regard to the amount of product you need to sell uh, to sell because so let's just run the numbers so you have uh, let's say you have a hundred person event so there's hundred athletes there's typically going to be about that same number if not a little more spectators so let's call it 200 people in your facility and I'm trying to get uh, you know less than 25 percent of those for some sort of transaction on retail like right. it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty reasonable number it is it is I, and i'm trying to be conservative with that i don't want to give uh expectations like hey you're going to make 15 grand by setting up a driving booth and going because then at that point it does make it worthwhile um yeah. i'm just i'm just referring to local competitions but for me to pack up or to send a crew out you know i'm going to spend a thousand two thousand dollars just to be there and that's hopes and hopes to break even and so we've we've always taken that different tact of hey set up a booth yourself run it yourself build awareness because the long tail of it isn't the two grand three grand five six seven or more that you're going to make at that competition the long tail is raising awareness about the brand about a company you have some skin in the game with mm -hmm. like yes it is there and the flip side also of us not being there is if you've got a coach that's running the booth and you're you're paying them a little bit of money or a lot a percentage of sales, pay them 10% of sales, they're going to be a lot more engaged with those people that are at the competition. The competitors are going to come up because if I come to your comp, like people don't know me from Adam, man. Like they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't trust me. I'm just some dude sitting behind a table hawking wares, yeah. you know, shaking up protein shakes here, come get your gains. But if, if it's something that you guys are actually doing in house, I, I've just found it, it gets a lot more engagement. It gets a lot more traction gyms generate more money and the long tail, like I said, is they get more sales two months, three months, because those are consumable goods that now a consumer in your market may not necessarily be a member at your gym, but now they know that they can get that product from you. Yeah. So before we get into anything, any of like too deep in the weeds with regard to, okay, what should I sell? Should I sell pre-workout? Should I sell, you know, post-workout? Should I just sell mm -hmm. regular protein? What is your experience with regard to best practices on how to sell it is it have product on hand is it set up is it a little bit of both where i have some hybrid model where it's say i have 15 to 20 items available for sale and then the rest of it is online order that can be drop shipped to the person that's going to buy man that's a great question um so i'll i'll start with this with the beginning of kind of the which products um, you got to have post wad there. You got to have pre wad there. You got to have driven whey. Go with the, the main three top flavors chocolate, fresh cinnamon roll, yep. from a latte, vanilla. So I guess technically four. Um, have those products on hand, but only open one bottle of each. And then have your announcer remind people hey, if you, know, you guys just got done smoking your wad, go out, get your post workout or your protein from the, the booth over there and get reloaded. And then that allows that dialogue to take place. So that, that, that spark has to be there from the announcer, uh, making making the heads up, um, having those products on hand, but only having one. I you've got to have product available there for people to buy, um, and some of the things that we've done in the past, where if if a gym gym comes in heavy, we'll always buy that product back. You know, if you order four thousand dollars worth of product, I, I it does me no good sitting on your shelves getting yeah. dusty. So all I ask is that you eat the money to ship it back to us, you know, pay a hundred bucks, 150 bucks, depending on how much volume is there and mm -hmm. then send it back. But having product on hand 
gives you the opportunity to actually generate that money right away. And it's, it's a compulsive buy like, Oh, I love that post one. Give me, give me a jug. And then yeah. they do grab it. Um, I think it's, it's so important and how you execute on that. I guess I'll get into the weeds just a little bit because I think this can be missed. Um, you know, just take what we do is we, we have an igloo cooler. I think mm-hmm. they're 20 bucks, uh, fill it with a bag of 10 pound ice, throw three gallons of water in it. And then what, what I actually do is I'll take the lid off of the, uh, um, one of the gallons of water jugs and I'll put that underneath the igloo to catch the drips that go down, but I'll also use that as a dump bin. So in between shakes, I'll just add a little bit of water to whatever, you know, I'll, I'll shake, throw a scoop of protein in four or five ounces of water, shake it up, give it to the person. And then I'll add just a little bit more water, shake it up and then pour that out. So then those blender bottles stay clean. But having three or four blender bottles that you're able to make shakes and samples for people, I, I encourage you to do a full dose of the product. Don't just give them a sip of protein. Like they need 20 grams of protein right after they get work done working out. You know, don't be cheap. Just give them the protein. Yeah. So just literally um, have like, you know, crack open. So what you're saying is crack open one of those, um, one of those, whatever it is. Let's just say it's the way. Well, no, let's say it's post mm-hmm. one. And you know, and people are coming over, they're like, Hey, I forgot to bring whatever. And you're just like, cool, take some of this, like throw that, right. throw that scoop in there and then be on your way. Right. Yeah. And it, that gives you an opportunity to do a little education also. Like, you know, I always, I always ask people coming from the food industry. I think you actually had some experience in that too. Mm-hmm. I always ask people to take their lid off. Hey, cool. Take your lid off. I'll add some water to this. And then I'll actually tell them what I'm doing. You know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add four, six ounces of cold water per scoop. That's really optimal for making this up. Make sure to add the water first and then add the scoop. So I literally tell them what it is I'm doing as I'm doing it. And then that way they know how to take that and use that product. Okay. And then, so let's say somebody, so then what's the next recommendation? So let's say somebody's like, man, I just can't afford to drop whatever, 2,500 bucks. Um, even though there, there's potential for buyback, like mm-hmm. I just can't eat that right now do I, but I've got some on hand, right? So then, all right, I've got that. And then do I set something up for, and for whatever reason I, I keep like, my mind keeps gravitating, gravitating towards like CBD where it's just like, Hey, order it and it'll be at your house by Tuesday. You know, it's Saturday right, right now. Um, but that way potentially I could get the sale for that as an affiliate owner. Mm-hmm. A couple ways you can do that. You can use a drop ship, um, but that involves that person taking more time to actually, you have to have some type of device that they can check out on. What I encourage you to do is use the pre-sell sheet that we have, have them fill it out, but also have them fill out their shipping address. Mm-hmm. And then you go and place the order for that customer. So you're going to be placing the order at wholesale. You're going to pay for shipping. So you want to take that into account, you know, so shipping a two pound driven way or a post wad is going to cost you seven or eight bucks. So just take that into account. It's probably going to eat into your margin a little bit, but that's fine. Um, and then just, I would recommend having some type of device set up to square or your, your POS, however it is you do transactions. I love square just because you can, you know, for post wad, I'd type in 50 bucks. I'd swipe their card and say, Hey, fill that out and we'll ship it to you. It'll be there in three days. Yeah. Um, until then enjoy the competition. Yeah. So I think that's going to have very little friction between, the person doing the comp as opposed to, Hey, I like it. I'm going to go over to this device. I'm going to fill this out using the form. I love the auto ship and the fulfillment that we do. Um, but I think for a competition, it needs to be fast and it needs to be fairly seamless. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like we have, 
we have an okay amount, probably not enough for two people, but then I'm trying to put myself in another affiliate owner's place where they're just like, all right, well, what's the reality? Could I turn realistically, if you had 200 people in the building, could I turn 1500 to 2000 bucks worth of product? Yeah. But that's always like a real, it's never a comfortable place to be. Cause then it's always like, what if I don't, then I'm just sitting right. on this product and, or what if, I don't know. What if Wi-Fi goes down and then all of a sudden I can't make these <laughs> transactions? You know, I'm trying to think of like all the all the dumb crap that would happen that would right. make your life miserable um, as an affiliate owner, um, you know, and then trying to set it up to where it's easy. You know, what's my plan? What's my contingency? And that way, because on competition day, like for me, having run a lot of competitions, that's not something I'm interested in dealing with at that point. Right. I'm trying to make sure we're on time. So you definitely have to have somebody there who's dedicated to doing that. We're like your sole right. job is to do is to sell these t-shirts and turn this product. And here's how you're going to do it. And here's the iPad. Here's the thing. Here's how you collect payment. That's probably like a 10 minute training session with somebody right. on like how to use those things. Um, but people will buy like particularly they will anybody who's been to a regional, a sanctional or the games you've either been this person or you've seen it where people are literally just throwing their wallets at vendors. You'd be like, take my money, you know? <laughs> so you might as well try to take advantage and be prepared for that. Um, what do you recommend with regard to kind of leading up to that? Like, so you talked a little bit about like branding posts and, and mm -hmm. like just giving, bringing some awareness to the fact that this will be there to kind of plant that seed it doesn't have to be competitions. This, this could also be for stuff like the open. You know, if you're doing a Friday night lights, you right. can do this during the open too, right? Because typically everybody like the morning classes are just garbage and then 75 people show up between 4 and 7 p.m. to do right. this workout. So again, like take this and just think about like irregular amounts of high foot traffic. And then I could probably take most of these strategies and try to apply them. Well, I think, I think it comes down to having, having things available, having product on hand that you can sample out. So I'm going to go back to the two pain points, like the internet and the money, and then I'll come back and circle okay. on that. So the money, just order, order a handful of products, do the sampling bundle that's out on our site. You know, you got pre-wad, you got three flavors driven away, post wad but have some blender bottles. Like blender bottles are such an amazing thing that you can make five, six bucks on right at the comp because people lose them, people forget them, they need something to drink out of it. It's, it's yeah. amazing the number of people that go to comps and they forget water. Um, if you have a blender bottle, it's nothing. And so now that ties to the, the internet going down. Have a cash bag, take $100, go get uh, half fives, half ones. And if somebody tries to pay with a 50, be like, bro, you're killing me with this. Just go, go get a 10 from a friend, they'll do that. And then when they have 10 bucks, um, just take that $10, put it in the bag. Now you've got a blender bottle sold. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that, that's how you take care of that cash. The other part, as far as like, um, cash available, like I can't drop two grand or even a thousand dollars. Um, that's why we started implementing that process of we'll just buy it back. So if you do the competition and it's a splash and nothing gets sold, like just ship it back to us. We put the money back on your card and then you're done. You're not out any money. Uh, for us, it's a no-brainer because it allows us to get have our presence there represented through you and your staff. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have to spend the money to be there. We can maintain the prices that we're always able to have. Okay. The, the buyback is key, man, because I think that's always people's biggest reservation. You know, because realistically, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, 
I mean, we could safely say at this point that with the buyback and, and I didn't even know you guys did that. So now I'm definitely going to order. Something. <laughs> Good. Uh, so um, with the buyback in place, I mean, there would have to be some really, really extenuating circumstances for somebody to not make enough money to cover the shipping back. Oh, it's a no brainer, man. Like, I mean, it, 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 someone has to show up and not run the booth in order to pull that off. That's what I'm saying. Like something really, really crazy happens for you to not make a hundred to $200 in profit. Even if you like, that's the equivalent of selling, I don't know what, four, two pound Mm -hmm. like roughly like you could make that money back and be like, okay, I'm not coming out of pocket at all for this. Right. And so really what you guys have done is eliminated the downside, which is sitting on product. Right. Yep. All right, everybody, no. that should be the end of the episode right there. So, yeah. <laughs> no, here's, here's the thing, though, Jason, is I always have to put this caveat. When I explain it, when people take me up on this offer, is it needs to come back in sellable condition. It yeah, comes don't back, be a turd, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> back like half. I've, half, had, it, I've had it happen. I've had it happen. So it's so much easier to have that conversation before it happens. Then that way it's like, dude, I told you, this stuff is not sellable. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the other side of that, really what happens, it, it works out for us because it gives a presentation there, but also a lot of times, whatever you sell, all of it's not sent back because you need stock on your shelves. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that gets thinned down and it's a lot less than what people would think. They think like, oh, order $4,000 worth of stuff and then I'll sell 3,000, you know, and then I'll send a thousand back. Usually that's not the case. Usually like, oh geez, I need stock on the shelves anyway, but I'm not gonna sell four of these banana you know it's just a weird protein tastes like lunch candy no thanks so we send it back um it's, it's just a very easy process uh, i just i just ask people to be respectful so yeah with the exception of the cost of sending the product back the cost of uh opening you know 100 150 at your cost of product to do that sampling really not out anything i think that if you tie in a 10 a 15 percent kickback to the customer the person that's actually dealing with the customers I mean, you got a system that'll run itself. Teach them yeah. how to mix it. Teach them how to talk about the product and find somebody that's bubbly. Like I don't do great behind uh, booths because uh, I'm not bubbly. I'm not, I'm not overly personable. I like one-on-one conversation. Yeah. And that usually doesn't uh, bode well for working behind a booth because I'll just, I'll just be wrapped up in a conversation with one person. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really don't spend the time that it takes. So you want somebody that's outgoing. Yeah. And that's easy. And they, and like, realistically, like they don't need to know that much about the product. Like they need to know, you know, the basics, like this is pre, this is post, this is what it's got in it. Right. Or just turn around and have the person read the label for any specific questions that they have. Um, you just need somebody that is kind of for lack of better terms is a pusher, you know, like (laughs) you need somebody that's going to be like, they're going to push the product. They're not going to yeah. wait for people to walk over and they'd be like, Hey, not only should you buy this, you should buy this too. Like we have that. So just <laughs> right. go and take it. Um, right. Yeah. I think, I think that's super important because again, I think you, I think we can't overlook. I'm trying to think of how I would say the average affiliate probably runs three to four events that would fall in this, but this category in right. a year. Right. So three to four a year and like how far apart they're spaced irrelevant. But if you could bump your sales on those three or four events from zero essentially to let's just call it on average 2000 bucks. I mean, that's an additional $8,000 in, in sales. Right. 
And that's right. And that's probably not even including the margin. That's I'm just like what that's what you would spend to get product on hand. So it's you're probably making yeah, I mean you're going to make money, right? But like but the big thing is now I'm getting product in people's hands. I'm going to get a minimal, you know, at best like a couple return buyers off of that, you mm -hmm. know, and then you right. can set up and then you can set up their account through your affiliate page where they can drop ship to them and and now I'm out of the equation completely. Right. You know. So, yeah. Now you compare you compare all that Jason to the whether it's a hundred bucks or 500 bucks that you may try to charge me to get me to set up a booth there and sell it. It's a no brainer. It's just yeah. an absolute no brainer yeah. with the, ex with the exception of the, the effort that it takes to pull it off and having the right person in the right seat. I think that's, that's the biggest curveball that we can't fix. I think everything else we've plugged the holes for. Yeah, it's really, and it's really not that big of a deal. Like, and in my experience, like you probably have, a member who falls in this category of somebody who could sell some stuff, who's probably a consumer of something. Maybe it's not driven. Maybe it's a different, but, but the point is like they could do it and, right. and you could compensate them for their time. It's like, Hey, listen, I give you 10% of all sales. And at mm -hmm. that point you're selling, you're still making money. You can send anything back that you don't buy. You didn't have to worry about it. And now, now we can start thinking about, okay, what's the, what's the long tail of this? Like, how could I reach out and try to get follow on sales for this? Or maybe, maybe they were a purchaser. Now I've got their information and I can follow up and put them in a different campaign about other products, whether it's, you know, protein, whether it's pre-workout, if it's CBD, um, stuff like that. Any, is there anything you would recommend not carrying, right? Be like, listen, don't carry these products. Like it's not going to turn their weird flavors or whatever. Um, you know, at a competition, there's not going to be much need for a meal replacement. So like a Profusion 7, you really don't need to bring that in. A casing, um, you know, there may be an opportunity there, but that's not going to be something that anyone's going to sample at a competition because it weighs heavy on the gut. I think Glycodrive is going to do great. Um, Postwad is going to crush it. Prewad absolutely does amazing. I mean, this is a product that's got 50 servings and you can give out 50 samples of this product and within five minutes, people are going to come back and buy it. Yeah. I mean, like, and I've got, like, I actually really like this one. Which one is this? This is the, this is the pre-wad energy. This is the, oh yeah. Wad candy. Oh yeah. It's legit, man. Like yeah, I use it. I, I didn't realize it had that many servings in it. Cause I was like, when am I going to run out of this? Like <laughs> right. it's just still in there. I'm like, <laughs> right. Right. We've actually had gyms ask us to cut it down to 30 servings because people don't come back for two months. Yeah. Like, no, that's not a very good value. That's what every other company in the industry does. Yeah. It's a better value at 50 servings. So that's why we do that. Yeah. And, uh, and that one, this one also doesn't have the, I don't get the whole tanglies right from like a, a ridiculous overdose of niacin on this one. Um, no, it's 1.5 grams of beta alanine. So that's a little yeah. bit of a skin irritant. But as long as you start moving right away, it, you're going to get a little tingle, but it's not going to be, you're not going to burn up. Yeah. It's, I've never had anything that was like, I was like, Oh my God, I mistimed this. And I got this at the wrong time. <laughs> um, I do try to avoid taking it in the evenings cause then I won't sleep. But, um, but it's, it's not that bad. If I take it past 6 PM, it's generally a bad idea. Um, oh yeah. That would be a bad idea. Yeah. I concur on that. Yeah. It's like great workout, but I'm going to be awake all night. Um, <laughs> okay. 
So pre-workout, post-wad, um, do you recommend CBD is like this weird, like everybody loves it, but I'm not sure how, like, how you would turn it in an event, right? It's like, a, it's, so like at, it's, it's a novelty. That's not a novelty. That's why I always like struggle with it. I think at, at an event, I wouldn't bring stock in because you tie up too much cash in a yeah. little tiny bottle that can grow legs. Yep. That scares the shit out of me. Um, but more than likely you probably have one for personal use that you can have there. Um, have the brochure there that has all of the SKUs mm-hmm. and make sure if that's something you're going to focus on, um, let's schedule a call. Let's do a product training with whoever's going to be there so we can explain the differences of just the main, the main line oils. Um, and then use the heck out of that pre-sale sheet because that's something that's going to cost five, six bucks to ship. The, uh, the net margin dollars are amazing on it for you. So utilize that, utilize that drop ship, get, have them pre-sell it swipe their card get their money right there and then we'll fulfill it you know to be there in two to three so days. so that would be one that you would do a pre-sale on you're like everything else try, would. To as, try to have as much of it on hand as possible but like cbd just have like maybe one or two servings there do a pre-sale drop ship and then you could probably get a lot of people on subscription there mm-hmm. yeah you could yeah have a checkbox and then just ask them if they'd like to have the subscription if that's the case use the use the uh the landing page that you have flow them into that, fulfill it, hit the subscription box. And in that case, you wouldn't charge their card there at the gym. You would need to collect the card information to be able to put it in our system to where we can do that auto ship fulfillment. Okay. And that can little, just, little different ball there. Yeah. But I think that's one of those things where just maybe a couple of follow-up emails and, and at bare minimum, it's good practice to then try to do that in your gym. It's a lot easier for people that are coming in your, in your box every day. Right. Um, can I can I add a tactical thing that I think could be really beneficial? Please do. <laughs> okay. So uh, as as you're doing the pre-sale, let's let's say it's only 25 items. Like we said, we use that thousand two thousand dollar mark. That's a decent one. Now you've got 25 customers that bought that. Have them write their email address down. At the end of the day, when things settle down, when you've had beers and you've come down from the end of the day, um, sit down and use Gmail the schedule inside of Gmail and schedule an email out for 25 days out be like hey sally you know i really enjoyed having you at the competition thank you so much i hope you've enjoyed x product name the product you know by the way this is something we keep in stock yeah or if you click here uh driven has an opportunity to where you can auto ship so i i would encourage you to try to get that person back into the gym um because we we see so many gyms that um, are doing a good job promoting the products people are coming in to buy the products and they're like oh so what do you guys do so we're actually seeing people get gyms get memberships yes right um they're converting customers to members um and that's a beautiful thing but at the very least send them an email schedule it out 20 25 days you know you could you could do 25 emails in an hour uh just copy and paste replace the product replace the name and you're done I mean, I mean, that's, got a, that's amazing. I've got, a, I've got a way better idea. You can just take all of those, put them in an Excel spreadsheet, dump them into a MailChimp, make a, make an entirely new segment in there, which is, you just call it whatever you want. You can call it supplements or mm-hmm. retail services. Now I can just create a template in there, plug some pictures, plug in your affiliate links, and it'll put their name and all that stuff in there. But now I'm going to start building an email list of people that are really just subscribers for or purchasers of nutrition and you can build that whole thing yourself and that way i don't have to send 25 emails i got to send one email um but now i can 
hit them multiple times and I could probably create a three or five part series for something like that. Oh, you could for sure. And for people that aren't nerds like that, that don't understand the spreadsheet or the MailChimp, like that's um, at the very least, just use that scheduler and Gmail, man. It, uh, uh, I did that for, I did that for probably two years before I started getting nerdy with Infusionsoft and the automation. Yeah. Um, I understood Infusionsoft is a different animal. Infusionsoft, yeah. that like you, yeah, you definitely, you're going to take your nerd status up a little bit if you decide to dive <laughs> into that. Um, what's, a, what's funny, what's funny, Jay, is uh, I look at, I look at MailChimp, I'm like, I would never screw with that because I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, really? Well, well, it's because I've never had any experience with it. So, oh, I mean, I, I see your nerd level me, up here. Yeah. I use both, and Infusionsoft to me is like Calc three, and Mailchimp is like multiplication. Like it's interesting. Yeah, Mailchimp is very, very user friendly, um, and your first couple emails will be like okay. And then after that, once you, once you figure out that, oh, there's some built-in templates in there, this is the type of picture, this is the order that I want to put it in, and most of it, it'll build for you, and you can segment your populations in there. Um, I've, oh, wow. I've gravitated, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've really only started hammering Infusion, or uh, excuse me, MailChimp, like, embarrassingly enough, probably like in the last six months, um, but it just, it became. And if you think about if, and when I say you, I mean the proverbial you listening to this, the emails that you're getting that are aesthetically pleasing, that um, have the email laid out appropriately so that it works on mobile and desktop right. so that you can move things, you can embed videos in there, you can do all sorts of stuff in there and it's not hard, right? Like it is, it is very user-friendly. Um, even if you are consider yourself a rock, you could figure that out in probably less than an hour and you could get the bare minimum in there as far as, and importing on there is ridiculously easy. Like you don't even have to format it any particular way. Like you just drop all that stuff in a spreadsheet, make sure that the columns are separated and then literally just drop the, the thing in there. It'll sort it out for you. Right on. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, I don't let anybody get away with excuses uh, about like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, dude, you've done 48 things this morning that are more right. difficult than MailChimp, you know? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking <laughs> to you on this one, but like that always bugs me. I'm just like, dude, learn a new skill for God's sake. Like if yeah. you're going to be doing this kind of stuff, like you really need to wrap your brain around these kind of things. Um, and, and MailChimp is built for idiots, quite frankly. Like only when you start getting into like the paid, uh, variations of it where you're looking at building out time campaigns and segments and then reset and it'll mm -hmm. prompt you to do a bunch of different stuff. It will prompt you like, so let's say you send this to 25 people and it will prompt you the day later when you go in there is like, Hey, only eight people open to this. Do you want to resend it? And you're like, yep, done. Boom. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you nice. can use it. Yeah. There's a bunch of other stuff in there too. Like you can, uh, it, for each email that you send, it will build a unique, essentially um, like URL for that landing page. So even though when I was in email, like I can now use that and like share that link on Facebook. And now it's a link about linkable uh, landing page on there where it's all the same information. So um, nice. yeah, it's it, handy. It, yeah, it is. And it's, and it's not hard at all. Like all the stuff in there is built in there for you. And um, yeah, Infusionsoft is, and I've been using Infusionsoft for like five years. And I still avoid it. I mean, <laughs> it is it is robust. Um, 
it, it's a it's a blank slate man it is robust and it's uh it's one of those things where i typically don't it's not something most people need for a crossfit gym you don't have a big enough market like in and it's just it's too much you know i i would compare it to like the mind body online of 10 years ago when they were selling it to affiliates and i'm just like i need one percent of the functionality in this thing like right. like this is ridiculous so and then Way you know much. wadify and sugar wide all these other things were born out of that because they're like this is ridiculous so um cool all right uh that was a tangent anything else that we would cover for competition day sales uh, events whatever where you're gonna have high foot traffic well let's go back to your question before i took us down a different path uh, you know, if you've got higher foot traffic, how do you promote it? How do you preempt it? That type of thing. I'm curious. I'm curious on your thoughts on that. So you've got, you've got Granite Games coming up. You're going to have yep. two, two to 400 people walking through your doors. Um, are you going to, are you asking specifically, how do you focus on X brand that you're choosing to market because um, granite games no, does a good job as far as no no they do in your market everything else no they do a great job i was just thinking about uh i was just asking your thoughts i mean i've got my own thoughts on it but uh thinking about your thoughts about making a series of social posts and announcements that we will be selling driven products on hand mm -hmm. at the event so bring your wallet type stuff you know, I would, I would, I would send that out in uh, member communication. I would put it in a Facebook group, but I don't know that I'd do a whole lot of public stuff with it just because people's attention is so short. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't tell you what I saw on Facebook yesterday. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure that, that you're going to get a whole lot of juice from that squeeze. Um, I think you're, I think you're better off spending some time. And I think that we'll put together a video um, explaining that, that you would be able to use as well as anybody else that's doing a competition of mm -hmm. if, if you're doing a competition, how do you do a tasting? Uh, we've done one, but it's been like four years. I think Britain had long hair, maybe braids. So it's okay. time to redo that one, uh, but I can have some value, but I'm not sure that I'd go real deep into posting a whole bunch ahead of time. What I would do. And because we got into the, we got into the weeds a little bit about post, uh, post event marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'd Which like to nobody thinks about, by the way. Right, right. Um, I, I think there's a, I think there's a huge opportunity that gyms are missing, Jason, on pre-marketing. Um, specifically, what, what people, what businesses are you wanting there at your event? You need to be nurturing those four, five, six months before your competition or even before you're even going to think about reaching out and asking that person for their money, their product or their time. Yeah. Okay. You can do that by, you know, following, making sure that you're following them on Instagram at the very least, following them on Facebook, communicating, giving them some high fives when they post, you know, doing some reciprocal work before you're going to make an ask. I think it's something that a lot of gyms are missing out on. That's an easy win. Um, whether it's you know a chiropractic service, somebody there making smoothies, a massage parlor, these are these are small local businesses that that really can benefit. Go ahead. Um, no, no, go ahead. I was gonna cough. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. Um, yeah. That could benefit far and above uh, a, a national brand like Driven. Um, so I'd really encourage you to stop and think like, how can I promote this business three or four months ahead of time? I think that you're those gyms are better off focusing on that, building the value for the other businesses that they're going to be asking for their time, 
their money or their products. Um, I'd rather see them posting about that. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of different strategies there. Uh, and I so admittedly, I've made this mistake where I think a lot of people see vendors as money, right? Like a lot, they're like, all right, we'll charge 500 bucks to come in and be a vendor. So right. my recommendation, particularly for smaller events, is you have to think about, you know, if you're a business, if you're a gym owner, you're a business owner. So are these people that are coming into your event. So you have to think about typically how much, and we already talked about a couple numbers that you would be uh, with regard to how much sales you would do. So let's assume that it's a, an apparel vendor. They're going to come in. Let's assume their number's about the same. So mm-hmm. we, if you throw 500 out there, that immediately becomes a no because you basically just probably took their profit margin off of that. Because if they're, if they're going to sell $2,000 worth of stuff, 500 bucks, like you, you took the vast majority of their profit margin. So if you're going to have five or six vendors, like a bring the vendor fee down, make it something to the tune. So let's say it's a massage therapist or somebody like that. Think about <clears throat> roughly two clients would be like a fair vendor fee. So something around a hundred to 200 bucks, probably under 200, think 100 to 150. Mm-hmm. Because now if I bring in five or six of those people, that's almost a thousand bucks, depending on whether you go the 150 or the hundred range, but it's 500 bucks you didn't have before. There's value added there and they're not going to be so inclined to say no because they have already done the math on what they need to sell and what they need to make at the event. So just know that ahead of time. And, um, or the other route you can go is you can do a barter with these people. So therefore they want to put their product on people you don't want to have to spend money on prize packages because that's that eats into your profit margin. So maybe right. they want to do the prize packages or maybe they want to do, I don't know, the signage or something like that. And just be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'll waive the fee. You take care of that. It's added value. Those people get to walk away with Granite Games, Virginia Beach, CrossFit Rife. So now it's branding for me. It looks cool. Right. They get what they wanted out of it. They're probably going to get follow on business. So I'm not huge on the barter thing but like there are there are scenarios in where it is beneficial to both parties because a lot of those vendors actually would prefer to barter they're like i've got product i want to get rid of it here's how i'm going to do it i'll get branding and marketing out of it and that way and then i don't have to come out of pocket and, or have to deal with the logistical nightmare of doing any of those things you know like putting prize packages together, getting signage, all those things. There are people out there that will do that for you and you can strike a deal and then you can promote their brand beforehand about like what they're going to be offering and what they do. And then people are like, Oh, they do, they do, um, you know, laser etching on, you know, Yeti glasses. I'm like, okay, I'll get some of those like stuff like that, that people didn't know beforehand. Um, right. So yeah, I think uh, I've made that mistake where I'm like 500 bucks for a vendor and people are like, no, thanks. Sorry. And then you have, <laughs> yeah, no, you have no vendors um, and then, or just ask them what they want. Yeah. Right. That's an easy one. Be like, Hey, here's the thing. But if there's something else you would like to offer, I'm open to that conversation. And they're like, okay, cool. We would rather do this. And I'm like, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's really cool. Go ahead and do it. We'll wave it. It's fine. Because right. think about the, so it, particularly with events or competition, stuff like that, you want that event to grow over time. So this is a long-term vision, which is like, okay, year one, we did X. And I'm like, there's some things I'm going to do in year one that won't necessarily have a return in air quotes that will have a return on year two. Right. So, you know, be a little bit more um, 
patient about some of those relationships and what you offer instead of just trying to rake everybody over the coals on, on because you're trying to make 1500 bucks on vendor fees, you know, um, you know, sell more product done right. problem solved, you know, right. so yeah. get, get reoccurring revenue coming back and find a way to recapture some of that revenue that's going to the vendor. Um, and man, that's, that's a great point. Um, because a lot of people do only focus on the event. Like, hey, I'm gonna get that 500 bucks, the 800 bucks, whatever it is. Like, I would much rather have 10 vendors paying me 200 bucks than five paying me 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, because it's busier, it's more active, things are going on. It's it a bigger buzz, successful. like the vibe is better. Like, it just, it just right. creates a much better buzz about everything that's going on. So, yeah, I would right. agree. You know, and even if in year one you have to be like, listen, guys, 50 bucks, like, just give me something to be here. Like, I know you're gonna make 50 bucks. Um, and then when they see the value, they're more than happy to pay you a hundred to 125 the next year. Like it's, it's no problem. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And your time isn't spent finding new vendors to replace the ones you weren't through on the last comp. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. I love it. Cool. Anything else? I thought we got some good stuff in there. I hope we did. Uh, yeah. It, the only other thing that we did, I'm curious on your thoughts on this genuinely is we put together gift cards. Uh, we actually did it specifically for the throwdowns uh, when Swanson started putting these together. Um, a lot of our gyms, I think 30 or 40 of our gyms, the early gyms that were doing the throwdowns were reaching out and I was getting so much request. So what we've done is we've put together $25 gift certificates and $50 gift certificates that we sell at a small discount to the affiliate. And so when you order it, you actually get, you get an email that has um, a Google doc that mm -hmm. you can print off for the gift certificates, but you also, um, your order confirmation has coupon codes and you get a quick video that says, Hey, here's how you take this coupon code and put it on this doc. Um, we've, we've had to do that because like 40, 40 comps, like, Hey, uh, even if, even if we did something for the first place only, like Jason, we've got, not only do we eat the cost of the product, but we eat seven or $8 per bottle to ship yeah. it out. That just doesn't equate out to something that we can do. So I was like, okay, we've got $25 gift certificates. We've got $50 gift certificates that are connected to the affiliate account for when that person does spend that, mm -hmm. that customer account is then connected to the affiliate for future purchases. That's where our machine of marketing and stuff kicks in. Right. So that's, there's a lot of built-in value in that, but I'm curious on your thoughts on, on that and how, how not only for driven, but how, how can that scale out to other vendors that are at events or does it? Um, I don't know. Number one, I like the idea that my only question to be would have you seen it work? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. sounds like it worked. Like if you were to pitch that to me right now, I'd be like, send me the gift certificates because now, because now this starts to solve some of the problems that we were addressing earlier, which is I don't necessarily have to have um, all this product on hand. I can just kind of roam around and start handing these out to the teams as they come in. Right. Like, or that, or that goes in their, their packets that they get when they register or something like that. So, and again, 200 people, call it 300 people that are going to get one of these gift certificates. I, I would be willing to bet you're going to get 10 to 15% would actually use it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a lot. We find it's pretty high. Yeah. We find it. Pre it's pretty high because the gyms are, like I said, the gyms are buying these at a discount over like, you know, it's 
I don't like talking numbers on podcasts. Just yeah, that's fine. I, yeah, that goes back and forth. But it is it is a discount over what you would normally pay for like fifty dollars worth of retail product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't encourage that to be used as like a grab bag. Like here's three hundred gift certificates. That, that's going to answer for the affiliate. So um, do you, instead, so if I was going to buy these from you guys and you send me them, mm-hmm. am I then selling them the gift certificates, or how am no, I? You're using those as price packs. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. And what, and I'm assuming what you're, what you're looking for is like, okay, I give them a $25 gift certificate, but they're going to buy $175 worth of product. Yep. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I dig it. Like I I think, you know, that's the good thing about uh, widgets, if you will. Like I know what the cost to me is and there's wiggle room in there if I want to make special occasions to bring it down in order to get follow on purchases that are going to be at full margin. Right. Right. And that's, and that's been my hope by setting these, setting these gift certificates up as coupons and then applying that customer to the affiliate account to where, yes, it is a little bit of money to buy in. It's pulling it out of your net cost of the competition fees, like which you're already calculating anyway, like you're buying these gift bags. You're it's, you have a fixed cost for every competitor that's mm-hmm. going to podium just build that, you know, that cost of the gift certificate in, um, knowing that, you know, over time it's going to get paid back. And I don't know anything else that would do that. Yeah. I could think of a couple different things. Like maybe you give them. So, okay. So let's look at it. So we're going to have uh, 36 winners, if you will, four divisions, mm-hmm. first through uh, first through third with three people each. I'm pretty sure the numbers it's either 36 or 32, but uh, and then maybe I do an additional 18 that I raffle off. Like you do raffles where you're just like, Hey, it's right. a buck right. to get a ticket. And then you guys are going to get a 25 to $50 gift certificate. And you probably make a hundred bucks off of that. I would imagine. Man, do that, do that at the door as people walk through. Hey, you want to pay a buck for a chance to win a $50 driven gift certificate? Yeah, there's $200 right there. 200 bucks and you probably cover the cost of what the gift certificates are going to cost you for. for right, exactly. So, um, okay. And I love that idea. That's brilliant, Jason. Um, occasionally I'll say something that's semi-intelligent. <laughs> that's beautiful. And, but yeah. the beauty of it is that I used to just say random stuff occasionally that would work out, but there was nobody around to hear it. But now it's all recorded. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, cool. Well then I'll chat with you after we finish this. Uh, anything else? No, man. I think, um, I I think that, I think that pulls together my thoughts. Um, I, I just encourage you guys reach out to your local market, uh, build some value for these guys, make it a long-term play. Um, cause you don't want to have to start over every competition. If you're doing three or four a year, don't start over, uh, find a way to make it more valuable to where, at the next competition, it's a no-brainer. These vendors, these companies are like, please let me at your event. That's yeah. what you want. You don't, you don't want them to break even. It should be a moneymaker. These people that are doing massages, they leave these things exhausted. Yeah. Um, you want it, you it, definitely want to try to tee up a win-win for everybody. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yeah. But that, that, Jay, that's it, man. I, I, uh, I think the big takeaway here, honestly – you know, if, if somebody's looking for one big takeaway from this is um, that buyback is huge, man. I mean, that's a big deal, yeah. you know? So, cause that, that's everybody's biggest, it. that's everybody's biggest fear. So it's like address the fear, which is like, okay, 
what about what if I do if I don't sell all this product? Well, you give it back, right. and they're just going to sell it somewhere else. So, um, okay, cool. All right, if you guys have uh, questions for Jason or or Driv or the Driven team, um, they're all over social media. Hit them up. Driven Nutrition uh, is it drivennutrition.com or net? Both will get you there. Okay, cool. And then uh, yeah, they're on Instagram. Uh, we've tagged them in a bunch of different posts, so um, they're they're easy to find. So. Um, Again, brother, thanks for your time. I think this was super useful. I definitely learned probably two or three things in, in the course of this conversation, so I appreciate it. Um, but for those of you that have competitions coming up, there's time. Last thing, how if they're going to order, how far in advance do they need to order prior to the event? I'd really like to see it about a week out. Okay. You know, we're fast to fulfill, um, but some of, these, some of these bigger orders they can set um, for a day, and then – you know, and that, that can mean your normal order date is Tuesday or Wednesday. That means it won't ship until Thursday. That means you're probably not going to have it until Tuesday of the so following week. So safe bet is like if you have an event on Saturday, get it in by Monday, close of business? For sure. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would, I would recommend the previous the Thursday Friday. Or Friday. Yeah, the Thursday or Friday before. Okay. Um, then that way it's there. You, you get a chance to set the table up. You're going to be setting it up on whether Thursday or Friday night, you need to do a dry run. You need to have products set up. So the person that's running the event knows what in the hell they're talking about, knows how to shake up a, um, a protein shake, that type of thing. So I, I would really like to see you get it there and landed on a Tuesday or Wednesday or a weekend competition. That, that'll give you the best opportunity for success. Yeah. And it'll alleviate some stress. You're like, Oh my God, it didn't show up. It was raining FedEx. You guys right. Cool. Uh, Awesome, dude. Thanks for your time. If you, again, if you guys have questions, hit up Jason and the team at Driven Nutrition or hit us up. We're happy to hand you off. Um, but this is cool. So check it out. Uh, there's a lot of good nuggets in here and uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks, Jason. Yep. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.